What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Amelia Goldman on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Amelia, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Great. Thank you. Um, So I guess I'll kind of start. I've listened to quite a few of your episodes, um, and I'll kind of start where everyone does with how I met my husband. Um, So his name is Jonathan, but he goes by John. Um, And we actually met online in 2014. And I was really resistant to like signing up for online dating because, you know, my mom was on it and I was like, that just seems like something for people who like don't really know how to go out and meet people. And this was back before like Tinder became really popular and all of that. So I was just really resistant to it. But one of my best friends was like, just sign up, you know, who knows what'll happen. And of course, the first person who messages me was John and his like opening line was kind of like, we're on J-Date. And he was like, oh, you're not Jewish. Why are you on here? And I just was kind of like, I was in the midst of converting already. I knew I kind of wanted to do that before I even met him. And I was like, who's this guy? And so I wasn't even going to respond because I thought it was kind of rude. Um, But then as I was going through his pictures, I recognized his sister. Um, she was actually in my sorority um, in college. And so I was like, all right, I guess I kind of owe this guy a a response. Um, And it just kind of like went from there. And I've always been a huge believer in like everything in life happens for a reason. And when I met him, it just kind of all like clicked into place. Like everything just felt like it was the way it was supposed to be. And we were I mean, he's amazing. Like everything was just perfect. Um, And so things kind of moved pretty quickly. We like moved in only like six months after dating um, and kind of started talking about like marriage and having kids. And I've known since I was like eight years old when my little brother was born that I wanted to have kids. Um, and that was like, I always said, people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, I want to be a mom. Um, and so it's just always something that's been super important to me. And I've always been fascinated with pregnancy and babies and kids in general and how they grow and how they develop. Um, so I'm a teacher, um, which kind of, you know, goes along with that. Um, so just, I've always been around kids and it's always been such a huge part of my life. Um, And so I was really happy when we had that conversation and I found that he felt the same way and that he wanted to be a dad too. Um, So we got engaged in September of 2017. Um, I was like finishing up grad school and getting my master's and my first year of teaching and he kind of wanted to wait till after all of that to get married. Um, But I'm kind of already thinking, you know, oh, clock's ticking even though, you know, in this day and age, it's, you can get pregnant whenever, um, pretty much. Um, so, but it was always just kind of in the back of my mind. I knew I wanted a big family and I just kind of had a little bit of anxiety 
um, about, you know, when we would start trying to have kids. Um, so we got married in July, 2018. Um, and I wanted to start trying right away. And he was like, let's wait a year. And actually the month after we got married, his sister got engaged and they told us that their wedding was going to be um, in September, 2019. So it was just a few months ago now. Um, but at that point, right after we got married, he was like, you know, my sister's planning to get married and I don't want to have to worry about, you know, having a newborn or, you know, God forbid we miss her wedding. So we kind of decided to to wait a little bit to start trying. He wanted to wait like a whole year, but we kind of compromised and decided to start trying in January of um, 2019. And I was so excited. I like felt like I couldn't keep the smile off my face. I was finally like getting to do what I wanted to do my whole life and have a family. And I like took it to the extreme. Um, I've always been kind of like a anxious perfectionist type A type person. And so I like cut out all caffeine. I stopped eating lunch meats. I stopped eating sushi, like all the things that you're supposed to do once you find out you're pregnant. I was like, nope, I'm just going to do it now. That way when it does happen, like I'm giving everything the best possible chance. So I kind of took it to an extreme. And as the months went on um, and I kept getting you know, negative tests, it, that got to be really hard because I had all this anxiety about, am I doing everything right? Is it my fault? Um, and so that was hard. Like every month I would kind of get all excited and it's like the roller coaster, you know, you you start trying again. And you're like, oh, could I be, could I not be? And then you get your period and it's just every month it felt like devastating. Um, and so I would try to kind of manage that anxiety by like trying something new every month. Like I ordered the Ava bracelet to start like tracking my body temperature and things like that. Or I, you know, try a new supplement. I um, mean, it got to the point where I was actually like a little bit obsessive and it wasn't, wasn't healthy. And, um, you know, then it gets to the point where everyone's telling you, just relax, just relax and it'll happen. So you stress about being stressed. Um, and so finally I like kind of noticed that I was like having some spotting right before my period. So I went to the, to my OBGYN and they were great. Um, kind of did some tests and an internal ultrasound and you know, they were like, Oh, everything looks fine. But it was just like another thing that kind of worried me. Um, and she could tell that. So she was like, you know, at this point, um, this was like maybe I think April or May timeframe. Um, she was like, you know, you're not, it's only been a few months. This can take up to a year or more. Um, and so I kind of knew that, but I was like, I just had this gut feeling that like something was wrong. And so she was like, if it's really stressing you out that much, um, I also have thyroid issues. So she was like, I can refer you after six months to see the fertility specialist if, you know, nothing's happened. So um, we went to the fertility specialist in July and they kind of ran all their tests um, and said, you know, we really aren't seeing anything wrong. The spatting is kind of weird, but we don't think it'll hinder anything. And at this point, I remember kind of feeling really guilty because I was kind of like, I just wish like there was something wrong because then we could fix it. Um, but just clearly I had all this anxiety. And so I started seeing an acupuncturist and 
um, that was really helpful. Um, she was also a naturopath. So she, we talked about like my diet and she referred me to a therapist, um, who I was like, at that point, I didn't really see like how bad my anxiety had gotten. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to go yet. Um, and then finally at the, it was the end of August and like school was about to start again. And it was about a week before I was supposed to get my period. And I started spotting and I just kind of like had a breakdown and I was like, it's been eight months at this point, which I know, you know, again, people try for so much longer um, and just nothing's happening and, and I can't deal with this anymore. Um, so I ended up starting to see the therapist at that point um, just to kind of help manage some of, some of that anxiety. And I called the doctor um, to start fertility medication, um, even though they had said, you know, nothing is glaringly wrong, you know, after a few months, if things haven't happened, then we can start you on Clomid, um, just to kind of see what happens with that. So I called the doctor, um, it's like the end of August, like maybe August 18th or 19th, um, and said, I'd like to, you know, pursue going forward with treatments. And they said, okay, just call us on the first day of your next cycle. Um, and I just kind of wanted to talk to the doctor about the treatment plan. So uh, my, my next cycle was supposed to start on the 20, August 22nd. And so we set up a phone consultation for that day. And I was like in the car with my mom talking to him because my car was in the shop. And so she was like driving me and he was like, well, you know, we'll start you on the Clomid the first day of your next cycle. When do you think that will be? I was like, actually, it was supposed to start today. And he was like, well, we want you to take a pregnancy test before we start you, because if it was supposed to start today and you're saying you're pretty, your cycles are pretty regular, you know, we should have you check that before you start medication, obviously. And I kind of was like, no way. Like I had all this spotting, like there's no way that, that I could be pregnant. Um, and I was actually also on the way to my sister-in-law's dress fitting, because at this point she's getting married in like a month. Um, and so the whole time I'm sitting there, like in this dress shop, like thinking, could I be, could I not be? Finally ended up like going home. I had a pregnancy test because I had been kind of crazy about testing almost every month, um, you know, before my period came. Um, and so I had one and I took it and it came back positive. And I was like freaking out. I, you know, had been taking them for eight months and had never seen that result it was kind of starting to get to that point where I was thinking, is this ever going to happen for me? Um, and I was just like kind of in disbelief. And I just remember sitting in the bathroom and staring at it. Like, is this really real life? Um, and so finally I kind of like got myself together and my husband, John had said, you know, when it does happen, it'd be great if, you know, I could be surprised. So I kind of like had that extra pressure on top of all this of like, oh, he wants to be surprised. Um, but I had actually found a little onesie. Um, he's really into video games. And it said, um, like, player three has entered the game. And so I wrapped the pregnancy test up in that onesie and gave it to him. Now it's like 10 o'clock at night at this point when I like had finally gotten back from the dress fitting and taken the test. Um, so I give it to him and he immediately was like, Oh my God, are you serious? Like, 
so happy. He wasn't actually crying, but he had like tears in his eyes and his voice was shaking. And we both just like couldn't believe it. Um, it was just like utter joy. It was kind of like a, yes, we did it. Like all my anxiety went away and I was just, we were both so happy. Um, and then the fear kind of started to like creep in and we had had some friends who had recently gone through um, a loss themselves. And so that was kind of fresh on my mind. And, you know, anytime I'm sure any woman gets pregnant, that fear is always there. But I, that was just kind of like my next thing to have anxiety about. Um, but I think the joy kind of just trumped all that. And we were just, we, even that night, we like couldn't sleep at all. It was just so exciting. Um, so the next day I called the doctor, set up an appointment um, for September 9th, which would have been, which was like six and a half weeks. Um, so it was like two weeks two and a half weeks from when I found out that I was pregnant um like every day I'd like count down the days like I couldn't wait to go um but it was nice because school was starting so that was like a nice distraction um but it was also kind of weird like thinking about finishing out or not finishing out the year because my due date would have been May 1st um so it was just kind of crazy thinking about that um and we really like over the next couple of weeks, couldn't keep the news to ourselves. Like we told our parents, and, uh, my brother and sister, we told my husband's sister and, and her and fiance. Um, and we were just so excited. And I remember like one day I was sitting with um, the two other teachers who teach the same grade at my school and we're all really close. And I couldn't keep it to myself anymore. And I told them and I was like, I know it's really early. It's only five one of my co-teacher um, was really amazing. She had kind of those of her own and she was like, you know what, you tell who you would want to be there for you if something ever happened, you know, something bad. And I just thought that was really just such great, like supportive advice um, because obviously as a newly pregnant person with, you know, the anxiety that I was having, like, I was anxious and, and it just was really nice to kind of hear her say that and, and hear her, you know, kind of say, if something does happen, we're here for you and you don't have to worry about that. Um, so we just kind of went through the next couple of weeks, like complete joy. We would like look at each other and be like, oh my God, is this really happening? Um, and then my like symptoms started and I was really excited about that. You know, I had like crazy nausea. Um, it was just, it made me really happy. I was like, clearly things are going well in there. Um, and, and everything's going the way it's supposed to. Um, uh, but I was still, you know, had this anxiety about, you know, doing everything right and, and making sure that, you know, everything was good. Um, so that anxiety kind of turned a little bit compulsive, um, probably around the five week mark, I was Googling like signs of miscarriage or like signs that your hormones aren't rising appropriately. And I found this website that you can like put in how many weeks you are and it'll tell you like the percentage of chance that you have of miscarrying. And so I would like go on that every single night. 
and like watch the percentage drop. And on one hand, it was reassuring, but on another hand, it doesn't really take into account like other types of miscarriage, you know, like a missed miscarriage or a blighted ovum or ectopic pregnancy that you may not recognize right away. Um, so it was kind of misleading um, as it was also kind of comforting. So um, I finally had like my first appointment, like I said, at like six and a half weeks. Um, we had a lot of like conversations about what to do, what not to do. Of course, I had lots of questions. Um, and they prescribed me some medication for the nausea, which was helpful. So I started taking that the next day. And the day after that, I went to my acupuncturist and she's like, oh, how are you feeling? And I said, you know, my nausea has gone away. I'm really excited. Like they prescribed this medication and I'm feeling great. I'm feeling like I can eat again. And she kind of was just like, oh. And I remember being like, what do you mean, oh? And she was like, no, no, that's great. And I like didn't really think of it as anything at the time because I was like, oh, you know, like I'm on this medication. My nausea went away. This is great. Um, and so I had that acupuncture appointment and she was like, you know, if you're feeling great, I don't need to see you. I've been going once a week to help with the nausea. Um, she's like, I don't really need to see you, um, but let me know if you need anything. And again, I kind of got like a funny feeling from that. But I was like, okay, like, I don't need to go anymore. Um, and, and I guess I'll just call her if the nausea comes back for whatever reason. Um, so then af after that, um, we like scheduled our next ultrasound, which was going to be for eight and a half weeks. Um, it was scheduled for the day after my sister-in-law's wedding. And um, we were super excited about that. Couldn't wait to like go in and see everything. Um, and so then September 13th, which was um, the end of that week where I had started taking the medication for the nausea. So it was about seven weeks at that point. And it was like a Friday the 13th. I started having a little bit of spotting um, and it was very slight, like pinkish brown spotting um and all the time like throughout the day and so you know I knew that that was something that was common and it was actually also kind of around the time when I would have had spotting if I were to get my period so I knew it was like kind of normal and I called the the doctor and they said you know um there's not much we can do it's a Friday afternoon but give us a call back on Monday, if it continues. Um, so that weekend was really hard. Like it was constantly on my mind, but I tried to distract myself. And we like had a lot of plans with friends, but I was constantly just like checking and keeping an eye on the spotting and trying to see if I was having any cramping or anything like that. Um, and it did continue like throughout the weekend. It didn't get worse, but it didn't get better. Um, it was just kind of like an occasional every now and then I would notice um, the spotting. So I called the doctor on the morning of Monday, September 16th. And at this point I was like seven and a half weeks. Um, and they said, you know, since the spotting's continued, we want you to come in um, and we'll do an ultrasound and see what, if, you know, we can see anything. So um, my husband was like, okay, I'll, I'll come with you. 
he was able to work from home um, and he took the afternoon off and came with me, which I was really happy for because I was sitting in the waiting room and they were running a little bit late. And so I'm sitting there the whole time, like, of course, thinking the worst. Um, so finally they called us in. I'm like really trying hard to be optimistic. And I'm like, just kind of trying to manifest them, like pulling up the screen and being like, and here's your baby and everything's healthy. Um, and so, you know, they, they start. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow, it's really quiet. Like I was kind of expecting to hear like a heartbeat or something. But I also didn't know because it's obviously this was my first pregnancy and I'd never had an ultrasound before. So I didn't know what the protocol was. So just kind of like laying there and I'm just kind of like waiting for the tech to be like, and here's your baby. And I can kind of tell what I'm seeing. And finally, like up on the screen, like my uterus came up and I could see there was like a big black like hole basically. And I'm kind of just like waiting and waiting. And she's like moving it around, not really saying much. And finally I was like, isn't there supposed to be something there? And she was kind of like, well, maybe you had your dates wrong. You know, I'm, I'm just going to measure a few things. Um, so she's like measuring. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, no, there's no way we had our dates wrong. Like I had been so crazy about tracking everything um, that, you know, that that's not possible. But, you know, maybe just something else is going on. Um, and so then things got kind of weird and she was like measuring my ovaries and, and things like that. And then she was like, oh, see this thing moving right here. And I like my heart started beating and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, like maybe she's going to say like, that's this is what we want to see or something like that. She was like, yeah, that's a loop of your bowel. Like, it looks like there's a lot in there. And I was first of all, mortified that she's like pointing this out. But then I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you just got my hopes up. And now you're talking about about that. Like, and I got really frustrated. And she kept like trying to measure different things and moving things around. And finally, I was like, you're hurting me, we need to stop because I was just so frustrated. And I could tell something was wrong. And I know, you know, the text can't really say anything to you. But I felt like she was kind of like, trying to deflect things in a way that just wasn't working for me. And I was really frustrated. So finally we stopped and they had to bring us back out into the waiting room to wait to see the doctor. And I got really teary because I just knew, you know, there was something wrong. And I, um, of course, pulled up my phone and trusty Google and, you know, looked it up. And of course, the first thing that popped up was, you know, like blighted ovum. Um, so, you know, it was like probably 10 minutes before we could go in to see the doctor. And, you know, you could just, we could just tell by the way that she walked in that, you know, what we were thinking was true. Um, 
Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are blessed enough to have a brand sponsoring us today that I personally highly recommend, and that is Fairhaven Health. Many of you have probably seen my YouTube video reviewing their baby dance fertility-friendly lubricant, but let's talk a bit about them as a company in whole. As a trusted leader in reproductive health, Fairhaven Health's natural products are developed and formulated in partnership with trusted medical experts, including doctors, OBGYNs, nutritionists, and naturopaths. From top fertility supplements for both men and women, FH Pro and Fertilade, to Isolove Isotonic Vaginal Health Gels, and fertility-friendly lubricant and Milky's nursing support products, Fairhaven supports your entire journey into parenthood and beyond. After you make a purchase, Fairhaven Health offers full access to its knowledgeable and friendly in-house customer service team who are always happy to assist. Check out their wide variety of products at fairhavenhealth.com or by using the link in the description of this episode. And don't forget, they're offering all of us 10% off using the code LAM, L-A-M, at checkout. And thank you for supporting the sponsors that support our show. Now let's get back to it. And, you know, she said, I'm sure you could tell there was, there was something wrong. Um, and we, we think that, you know, you're, you're experiencing a blighted ovum. Um, and my husband was immediately like, what's that? You know, how could this happen? He had no idea. Um, and of course, since I had done the research previously and then sitting out in the waiting room, like the doctor and I kind of like explained it to him. Um, and finally, you know, of course I'm like sobbing the whole time. And the doctor was finally like, you know, we can have you come back in a week just to see, you know, maybe your dates were wrong, but you know, the gestational sac is measuring too big. Like I forget what the numbers were, but it was maybe like 24. Um, it's kind of like the cutoff, you know, once, once the gestational, gestational sac reaches like 24 millimeters or whatever it is like that you should be able to at least see something like a, a fetal pole or a yolk sac or something in there and mine was at like 28 or 29 or something like that so she was like there's really no way that you know we think that this will be a viable pregnancy um and so at this point we're like less than a week away from my sister-in-law's wedding and of course we have that stress on top of like the fact that we're, you know, have now lost this pregnancy. Um, and so she kind of gave us our options. She said, you know, you can, you can wait and just see what happens. And clearly you've started spotting. So maybe your body will just, you know, kind of pass it. Or, you know, we, we can give you the pill or you can go for the DNC. And because of the time crunch with the wedding and, you know, being a teacher, I was just worried about, you know, waiting and seeing and then having something happen at the wedding or while I'm trying to teach. And um, so we opted, you know, for the, for the DNC. Um, So we went home that night. This was a Monday night. And um, I just remember like crying the whole night. Like I just kept thinking like, oh my God, like this is all I ever wanted. And and now it's being ripped away from me. Um, And just having a really hard time kind of coming to terms with it. And then of course, on top of that, having to reach out to all, all of these people who we had told who, you know, at that point, I was glad that we had told them because I can't imagine having to go through this and, and keep it a secret. You know, for me, it was helpful to kind of share 
with people even that soon um, what was going on. Um, so we kind of got through that night and then the next day I went in um, to work for just a half day to kind of get sub plans set up um, and then left and went home and kind of did some pre-op things and they called and scheduled the DNC for uh, Thursday, um, which would have been, I would have been eight weeks at that point. Um, and just going through that day, I remember thinking like, how could I not have known? And almost kind of feeling a little bit silly. Like I had been talking to my belly and like making all these plans. And I remember thinking like, there's not even anything there. Like, how could I have done all that? And now I know that, you know, it's not silly. Like, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, like, that's the reality. And you, you think there's a baby there. And there, I just, you know, it took a while for me to kind of, like, come to terms with the fact that I was actually pregnant, too. Like, my initial thought when I found out that it was a blighted ovum was like, oh, well, I'm not really pregnant. Um. So it just kind of, that was hard. Like took a while to kind of come to terms with the fact that there never really even was a baby that developed. Um, and as I kind of got deeper into the healing process, I actually felt kind of grateful for that. Um, because I think if we had seen a baby and then, you know, something had happened for me, I think it would have been worse. Um, so it almost kind of made it a little bit better and was a little bit of a silver lining, but didn't make the grief any less. Um, so the next day was a Wednesday and we kind of both had the day off to kind of prepare for the surgery and everything. Um, and we're like sitting at home and the doorbell rings and we had um, a bunch of flowers delivered from the women that I work with. And I kind of like sat and thought for a little while and I decided that I wanted to kind of send out a group email um, to the people that I work with and kind of let them know what I was going through. And the community that I work in, they're so supportive. And so this wasn't like the first time that someone had kind of sent out an email like that about something that was going on in their life. Um, in the time that I've been there, never anything like a miscarriage like that, but you know, like the death of a loved one or things like that, they'll kind of like send out an email and just let everyone know what's going on in their life. Um, and so I ended up doing that. And the outpouring of support that I received was amazing. Um, you know, sitting and reading the emails was really hard. Um, and it, you know, brought the grief forward even more. Um, but one woman who I'm, I'm close with sent me this beautiful email. Um, and, you know, she just kind of said, like, I know how you're feeling. I went through the same thing myself. Um, and the minute you see that positive pregnancy test, you imagine your whole life with them. Um, and it's, it's not just a baby, it's, it's a life and it's the rest of your life. And I, I know how you're feeling and, and it's okay, you know, that you're feeling that way. And, you know, everyone kind of just had the same message. And so many people came out and shared their experience with miscarriage or someone who close to them who had experienced it. Um, 
And that was just amazing. And it was helpful to me to know I wasn't alone, to know that I wouldn't have to go back to work after a week and kind of keep to myself about why I hadn't been there for a week. Um, and so I was really happy that I did that um, because like I said, the support was just amazing. Um, so finally Thursday, we go for the DNC. And at that point, like I said, it was, I was eight weeks. Um, I never had surgery before. I'd never been put under before. So obviously it was really, really nervous. Um, and I remember sitting there and everyone coming in and everyone was just so apologetic. And, you know, there was kind of like this somber tone, um, but everyone was so helpful and so supportive. And the doctor who actually did the surgery um, came in and talked to me and then walked me back into, into the OR. And I remember just being so thankful for her. She was so compassionate and never took her hand off me the whole time. You know, she'd put her hand on my shoulder or, you know, she was doing something down by my legs. She'd like have her hands there and kind of like looking at me and we were making all these jokes about, you know, they put the massage cups on my legs and they were like, Oh, sorry, you won't get a facial out of this. Um, you know, you get the massage, but not the facial and just, you know, really trying to lighten the mood, but they also made it seem like they understood what I was going through. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe what the mood was, but I thought I would be much more nervous than I was. Um, and I'm just so thankful for them and that team that made me feel so comfortable during such a scary and, and terrible time. Um, so, you know, the surgery went really well. I remember waking up and feeling like a little bit crampy, but they said everything went great. You had, um, minimal blood loss. Um, but I just remember feeling kind of like empty and like, where do I go now? What do I do now? You know, this is all I ever wanted and it's just been taken away. Um, so that was the Thursday and, you know, we spent the, the rest of the day and that Friday kind of recovering. And I really, the recovery for me was very easy physically. Um, I had the little bit of crampiness right when I woke up, but then after that, I felt totally fine. And I think the fact that physically it was kind of not as hard for me helped with my emotions a little bit. Um, because a lot of my anxiety had been over the surgery and the recovery. Um, but obviously the grief was still really raw. Um, and that weekend was my sister-in-law's wedding and, and we had to go and we had to put on happy faces and, and be there. Um, and I remember getting dressed for her rehearsal dinner. Um, the wedding was Sunday, so the rehearsal dinner was Saturday. And, you know, just thinking like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go to this room full of people and, and be happy? And obviously, you know, John's parents knew and his sister and her then fiance knew, but no one else in that group knew. Um, and we didn't want to share it with them. It's such a happy time. So that was really hard. You know, I, I was grateful for the distraction, but it was also really hard that whole weekend just to kind of put on a smiling face when, you know, you know, you just went through pretty much the most horrific thing that you've ever gone through in your life. Um, 
kind of paired with this amazing happy moment was really hard. Um, and I remember one thing that really stuck out was, you know, at one point my husband took a picture of me um, and I was standing there with my sister-in-law's bouquet as they were taking pictures. And, and he was like, oh my God, like, look how beautiful you look in this picture. And all I could see was like, nope, that's me, like just after having a miscarriage. Um, and even still kind of looking back at the photos from that day, it's still like so fresh in my mind. And I felt kind of guilty that like I couldn't be all there and all happy for her. Um, but as the months have gone on, you know, that guilt has kind of gone away a little bit. Um, but I guess, you know, it's just kind of life. You get, you get the happy with the sad. Um, so that was back at the end of September. Um, and, you know, since then, I feel like I've kind of gone through all the stages of grief. Um, I started seeing like a new therapist um, because the one that I had been seeing originally, it didn't really click. Um, and, you know, just kind of waiting for my period to come back was really a mind fuck. Um, and, you know, you for so long kind of wait not to get it. And now it's like, okay, when do we get it so that we can start trying again? And the doctors had said, you know, wait until it comes back one cycle and then you can start trying again. Um, so it took about five weeks and then, you know, we were able to start trying again. Um, and I just kind of was like, well, I'm, I'm ready to start the fertility treatments. I don't want to have to go through all the anxiety and everything. Um, so I had had two cycles and, um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to start them. And they had me come in for just to make sure that my HCG had gone back to zero because they didn't, my OBGYN didn't test it as it went down. Um, and so I went in, I think it was the middle of November um, and had it tested and they called me the next day and said, actually, it's, it's still elevated. So we can't start you on the treatments. And it wasn't like, elevated to the point where it could have been a new pregnancy. Um, but it was elevated. And so they said, we can't start the treatments. And I think at that point was kind of when I just kind of hit rock bottom when they said that to me. And I remember thinking, I just want this to be over already. And I got in my car and I like screamed <laughs> into the music as it was playing. And I just felt so frustrated and so broken. And like I couldn't imagine, even though, like I said, I, I know that people struggle with this for much longer. For me, it just felt like everything I'd ever wanted was being ripped away um, in that moment. So that was really hard. Um, kind of had to like work through that. It brought a lot of the emotions from the miscarriage kind of back to the surface. Um, and you know, talk to my husband about it. And he's so great about, you know, being optimistic. And he's like, well, you know, we'll just keep trying. And then when it goes back to zero, we'll just start the treatments. And my mind, I'm like, that's it's not really what I want. But thank you for being optimistic. I, I just wanted to move on and kind of feel like we're taking steps in the next direction. And in talking to my therapist, you know, we learn, I've learned that, you know, that's kind of like my need for control and, and, and reducing the anxiety is just to be able to feel like I'm doing something. 
Um, and so for those couple of months, it was, it was hard and, you know, thinking there was nothing that I could do was really, really hard. Um, but my therapist is great. And she had me actually write down my whole fertility journey, um, which helped, you know, kind of getting ready for this podcast. Um, and, and when I brought it into her, she said, you know what, if people told you growing up that, you know, it could take you two years to get pregnant, there wouldn't be this anxiety. But unfortunately, in the culture that we're in, like, for a lot of people, it is easy, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, everyone just kind of seems to think that it can, ha it will happen overnight. And, you know, she said that, unfortunately, it causes a lot of anxiety for the people that it doesn't happen for. And that really stuck with me, you know, and I just kind of kept that in mind um, over the next couple of weeks. And then actually, um, last Friday, um, that I was kind of feeling like weird and kind of a little bit nauseous and my period was due um, on Monday, this past Monday. So I decided to take a test and it was positive. Um, so at this point, um, I am pregnant again, which is really exciting. Um, but also I'm kind of struggling with some anxiety um, again when it comes to it. And so I'm just trying to like stay, stay in the moment and be excited. Um, but I think, you know, for anyone else who's had a pregnancy after a miscarriage, it's, it's scary too. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's kind of our story and I'm kind of at the point where I'm excited to, to go forward and, and I'm happy. Um, it, but you know, I'm also still have that nervousness and I'm just, I'm looking forward to the day when I can kind of look back on all of this and, and feel grateful for, mm -hmm. for my experience. So, yeah, for sure. Well, that's exciting and nerve wracking, yeah. like you said, all at the same yeah. time. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to keep us posted. Of course. And yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for you. That's thank you. So how, how are you feeling? Um, I mean, physically, like, I haven't had a ton of symptoms. You're like which, physically fine, emotionally yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's some some moments I'm like really kind of content to just say like, okay, right now I'm pregnant and I'm going to be grateful for that. Um, yeah. But in other moments, it's like I'm I'm reverting back to that place of like, oh, I need to log on Google and and see, you know what this symptom means or, oh, is it bad that, you know, I'm, I'm four and a half weeks and I don't have any symptoms, you know, like mm -hmm. just kind of going back to that crazy anxious yeah. place. Um, but I'm actually like kind of thinking about it. Um, one of my biggest fears after having the miscarriage was that when I did get pregnant again, I wouldn't be able to be as excited as I was the first time. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been kind of surprised, you know, it's been a week since we found out, um, I've been surprised that I'm not as anxious as I thought I would be. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, so that's been helpful. That's really good. 
Well, thank yeah. you so much for jumping on and sharing your story, especially because you're, you're really in the, like, you're in the trench right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. in this position that's very nerve-wracking for a lot of us, and um, it's super relatable, so I really appreciate you jumping on, being vulnerable, and sharing the real, in real time, too. Uh, of course, yeah. Now, if somebody actually wait, I gotta ask this question because I ask it every, yeah. every episode. If you had a piece of advice, just like one big piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I think you know, if you're comfortable with it, just reach out and share with other people um, because you know, like I've said, and, and like we've talked about, this is so common, and I think mm-hmm. that you know. That's, that was a big part for me um, was, you know, not feeling alone. And I think if you can build that support system and, and find people who will listen um, and, you know, just help you through in that way and maybe even share their own stories, that was just something that was huge for me. Um, so I guess, yeah, just reach out and, and share with other people and, and build your support system um, to help you through those moments. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, so Instagram is great. Um, and I am private because I'm a teacher. But if you just shoot me a message or, or something like that, um, then that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll be able to respond and, and follow each other if you want or whatever. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Good luck with everything. And like I said, keep me posted. Thank you so much. Yes, we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.